Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Two armies face across the barren plain, mail and weapons glinting in the blue morning light. Grim-faced men stand holding pikes, horses shift and huff, steam rising in the cold. The champion, huge in his plate armour, roves across the front, surveying his men, sensing their tension. He draws his sword and raises it above his head, catching the first gold of the rising sun, and draws breath for his war cry. To the gargle! Ah! This is the gargle. (laughs) The Sonic Glossy Magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Tom Neenan. Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. And Alison Spittle. Welcome, welcome. Pew, 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 pew. Very happy to be here, Alice. Uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you for the individual introductions this time. It's a, I don't know if that's a policy change, but now I now I, I feel comfortable and I feel properly welcome, so thank you. It, it's good because the listeners will definitely know which one is Alison and which one is Tom now. Exactly. Otherwise it'd be yes. a nightmare. It is a policy change. I did a, I mean, I did a whiteboard with the upstairs, uh, which is me. <laughs> that's the word I have for the part of my head. And I was like, every week it just casts the two people that I announce into slight confusion about who should go first. Uh, so I'll just say you one at a time and then you know who should go first but I want you to know that it's not about who's first in my heart because we all know that's Alison of course (laughs) I was confused when you said my name first I was like well that is that goes against what I was expecting just want to get you out of the way quickly yeah 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 Well, before we sit down at the overly long dining table that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at our front cover. The front cover this week is Keanu Reeves. Uh, He's not in the news particularly, it's just nice to look at someone who looks so nice. He does look so nice, doesn't he? And everyone loves him for having an age-appropriate partner. Like, that's the, the low bar we set for famous men. 
Wow. He seems like a fairly benevolent dude. I think if I looked into him, I would find out that he was even nicer and I would be more impressed by him. But I fear research. I fear research because then inevitably you find something dreadful. There's a lovely video of him online of him helping crew members carry up uh, equipment up the steps to the Sacré-Cœur where they were filming John Wick Chapter 4. So I think your research, if anything, will yield even more more charming and heartwarming results I hope but then that's dangerous because then I would have to fall in love with Keanu Reeves and steal him from his age appropriate girlfriend which Fair I enough. could do <laughs> capable of doing and mm-hmm. I'm only choosing not to out of the goodness of my heart and a failure of research <laughs> the satirical cartoon this week is a picture of Fox News paying Dominion voting systems 787.5 million dollars that's just a Warms the cockles of your heart. <laughs> <laughs> they, they settled. They settled the case. If you don't mm. know, they settled the case, um, which is good. I think uh, it's sort of an admission of guilt. It would have been nice to run it through the courts, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it have been nice? Wasn't it one point two billion they were potentially going to, to pay? Yes. Yeah. Which is slightly more, but you know, when you're into when you're into that amount of money, I guess it's all just annoying that you have to pay it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I think it is. And there's a breaking news section, which I don't usually have. We don't usually have a breaking news section, but this is an honour reserved for a story that is just so gargle that we don't have time. It just comes up and we go, oh, this has to come in. A top Scottish ultramarathon runner has been disqualified from a race for using a car during part of the route. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, They finished third in the 2023 uh, Great Britain Ultras Manchester-Liverpool 50-mile race, but Mm. they are thought to have travelled by car for 2.5 miles of the route um, because they were being tracked. So at one point of the race, the tracking indicated that they had... They had driven a mile in one minute and 40 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's their second wind, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's a Lucas aid. Yeah. I'd love to, whatever energy company that is, get into the sponsorship of that. <laughs> it's amazing. That alone would be enough to make it a gargle uh, breaking news story. But uh, a friend has apologised on behalf of the runner and saying that they felt sick and that were sorry for any upset that they'd caused, which I think is too much of a minim- minimization. But mm. the director of the yeah. Sydney Ultras race, whose name is Wayne Drinkwater. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> he has to be a gargle listener. Yeah. He has to be a gargle Yeah. I'd love it if he had, like, if his, if his dad had a second family. And they ref- and their children refer to him as Wayne Drinkwater, my half a brother. <laughs> He'd be half a glass of Drinkwater. <laughs> the incredible gargle <laughs> inside baseball. <laughs> what can you fit inside a baseball, Alison? About half a glass of water. Half a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to our top story of this week, which is our espionage news. Uh, A Pentagon leak has been traced to a video game chat group. Uh, Users who were arguing over the war in in Ukraine leaked secret documents in a Discord. It seems like it could be politics, but I think it's so stupid that it's transcended politics and become gaming news. Tom Neenan, um, you've leaked top secret data before, or you've leaked top (laughs) secret something. Can you unpack this story? Certainly, espionage, my favourite S-word. And this is all about the fact that um, the Pentagon... 
<laughs> Straight in there. Makes no sense. Uh, Love it, Tom. <laughs> so Pentagon information has been leaked on Discord, which is obviously completely unacceptable because we know that Discord is only there for sharing uh, misogyny and homophobic slurs. That is that is its job, 100%. That is no place in the armed forces. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What do they think this is? Come on, guys, get your act together. First of all, what do they expect calling that platform Discord? Because as far as I'm aware, there's only four things that you can sow, and that's thread, seed, confusion, and Discord. So... It's it's bad. It's bad. But yeah, so basically it was I, I believe it was about it's quite grim. The uh, estimated casualties at the Basmut Theater, which was a, an attack in um in Ukraine. Um but um but it was leaked and apparently appeared on the uh, a Discord channel that was about the Minecraft Earth map apparently. And then yes. loads more of that been on um there's a game called War Thunder, I think, which has had a, lump, a number of leaks associated with that Discord server as well, which does lead me to think that like Woodward and Bernstein would they have got more like work done? Would they have been even more successful if they just spent all their time playing Pong? That's what that you know. Is all the are all the secrets here basically via video games? Um, because you know, I, I'm pretty sure at some point they'll you know in somewhere in the like Independence Day Discord server where people are chatting about Independence Day, someone will be like, "Oh, it's not a very realistic film," and then someone else will be like, "Well, here are my pictures from Area 51." So I think you'll find it's actually it's very realistic. This is more going to happen more and more, isn't it? That we're going to be people playing video games are going to end up sharing uh, secret government information. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. That's for the courts to decide, and they're going to decide it's bad. So I guess that's. <laughs> well, the thing is that it happens with such surprising regularity that people get so het up about an argument that's happening on a gaming forum that they will go out of their way to to leak. Uh, it's top secret information. It, it, as you say, War Thunder has been responsible for at least 10 separate cases of uh, confidential document leakage. Oh, my leakage. God. It, since 2020. So that's 10 in the last uh, three years, two and a half years. I don't know how time passes. Uh, Alison Spittle. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever um, leaked confidential information? <laughs> uh, not government, but definitely maybe on this podcast too much about my friends and family but um the what was interesting to me is that like a lot of people that are in the army seem to play army games which seems like a busman's holiday <laughs> uh, you know i feel like if i was a footballer would i be playing fifa all the time or uh, you know, I go. That's not how I would celebrate, and then just record yourself celebrating to show them. <laughs> or like, if I was a if I was a very rich English uh, lady, uh, would I be playing Tomb Raider all the time and saying that's not how I would lock my butler into a freezer? Uh, this is how I would do it normally. Because uh, that's all I used to do when I played Tomb Raider. Is I used to like try and lock my butler into a freezer. <laughs> I'm I'm working class, but not when I play games, <laughs> especially Grand Theft Auto or anything like that. I'm like, I'm very much, uh, I want to see the world burn. I always thought video games were that, for wish fulfillment. You know, the way that, mm. the way that children play Minecraft because we won't let them go down the pits anymore. Like it's- <laughs> oh, like I used to buy the cheapest microwave possible on The Sims, the cheapest couches. I used to like just go up like a tinderbox uh, make a swimming pool, take away the ladder. Uh, I am a deeply evil person uh, <laughs> who should not be given power, and I've learned that through The Sims. 
and for you a Tomb Raider. I've no class solidarity. Like, straight away, I'm on the side of the oppressor all the time when it comes to video games. I mean, I think that's good to know that about yourself. I think that maybe democracy would be a lot better if we didn't let people have a vote, but we just figured out who was the nicest to their little characters on The Sims and made them the prime minister. <laughs> I just realised the other day that I'm literally only playing The Last of Us because I want to know what it's like to be protected by Pedro Pascal. That is it. Like, <laughs> it's very comforting. Your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Falling Autumn Leaves. Nature gets <laughs> depressed about winter coming too. <laughs> I mean, this doesn't work for most of our listeners who are not in the hemisphere I'm in. So. Oh yeah, it's very nice here. <laughs> Spring. I'm concentrating too hard. Is this you? Do you have too much concentration? Try diluting your concentration by getting up to fetch yourself about half a glass of water. <laughs> hey! She's here! <laughs> what a wet episode. <laughs> and she sells seashells by the seashore. Does seeing seashells make you long to hear the sound of the sea? Try ears. Ears, <laughs> the best-selling head shell. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Now it's time for our Black Widow section. Uh, and this Yay. is two Black Widow stories in, in one week. How blessed we are. Uh, <laughs> by Black Widows, who it has been found by science, um, are disproportionately drawn to biting men and their penises. Uh, <laughs> Alison Spittle, you said some biting things about men and their penises. Can you unpack this story? <laughs> I was very interested in this story. So apparently uh, this is data collected between 1950 and 1959. I love how long it's taken us to analyse this data. but Because uh, <laughs> it was too soon for these men who've got bitten on the penises. But um, <laughs> the data on Black Widow uh, bites were collected in the US during which time 63 people died. Majority of those people, about 80% of those were men. And uh, it happened under penises. And apparently <laughs> the skin is thinner on a penis. Uh, which was interesting to me because I just thought they were thinner on men generally uh, when it comes to um, <laughs> when it when it comes to certain things. But like uh, the skin is there's a lot of nerves there and there's a neurotoxin venom. So bitten being bitten the genitals sends the venom going uh, into your body in a faster or stronger way. So I suppose it's the dick equivalent of doing cocaine in a way. Uh, you know the the venom <laughs> goes straight into your bloodstream. And it's asked the question, but why do Black Widow spiders bite so many males on the penis? Uh, (laughs) Which I think is a very interesting question. Apparently, Black Widow spiders spiders do not want to bite you. 
uh, but will only do so when they feel threatened. Uh, so when someone took their lad out, the black one, no, f- this and bites him on the penis. <laughs> I love this story. It's such a it's such a great story because it involves penises. And I'm thinking. <laughs> They, they asked the question, like, uh, why do black widow spiders uh, uh, go for penises? Well, they're widows. You can't blame a widow for wanting to get some dick. <laughs> uh, that's my... <laughs> and I will bring up this story the next time anyone complains about uh, too much teeth being used during fellatio. I'd be like, you should be lucky <laughs> that it's not a black widow spider because you would be, you would be in A&E right now. <laughs> A merry widow indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I read a different uh, report which said that um, the reason this happened mainly between 1950 and 1959 was the release of the worldwide hit Making Love to My Black Widow by the Penis Munchers. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of you heard of that. Oh, but that it was a, a big trend. classic, yes. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Under the boardwalk where the Black Widows yeah. live. <laughs> it was huge. Everyone was singing it. <laughs> Um, isn't it also to do with having outside toilets as well? We don't have outside toilets anymore, so yeah. everyone's safer. Yes, the number of that uh, has dropped. So basically the physics of how it happened so often mm. is that the black widows would be triggered by something touching their web, which was often a man sitting down on a toilet and his junk dangling down <laughs> hitting the web, uh, which is, uh, you know, why that saying comes, you should start shitting before you sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Also, good advice for men. Keep your dick off the web, guys. That is always good advice. And in other Black Widow news, and I can't believe there is even more Black Widow news, there was a woman who uh, had a really bad time um, because she crushed up a whole Black Widow spider and injected it. This is also a historical story. But both of these stories have made it into the news today because people are suddenly obsessed uh, with Black Widow spiders. <laughs> this happened back in 1996. It feels like such a 1996 injury as well compared to the 50s. It's such a 1996 yeah. injury. I feel like this is pre-dark web <laughs> when it was just spider web. <laughs> <laughs> well, also 1996 was the release of the song um, Grinding Up My Black Widow to Get High by the Penis Munchers, which is... <laughs> The trend again. There's one thing I want to say about the second story that this woman was, I, I looked it up, she was 37 years old when she did this. And it's just... Uh, yeah, it's too old to be that dumb. It is too old. <laughs> Imagine you're 37, you're like, right, what have I not done? Uh, <laughs> grind up a, a, a black widow spider. And what I love about it as well is that she used distilled water. So... She was like, I'm going to crush up a spider, but I'm not just putting any old tap water into my veins. Mm. I'm going to crush it up with some lovely distilled water. Like practical Evian. I feel like she was giving, she was thinking about her safety in the wrong way. Like maybe she shouldn't be injecting stuff. Like maybe she should be, should be what, she's worried about the water, but like uh, maybe crushing up an insect and injecting it into your veins isn't, <laughs> isn't a good thing for your health. <laughs> yeah. She ended up in the ICU, um, which in this case stands for ICU had a terrible idea. <laughs> now it's time for your reviews, in which our guest editors bring in something that they would like to review out of five stars. Alison Spittle, what have you brought in for us this week? Oh, well, this is another sincere uh, review. Uh, I went to see a play. uh, (laughs) Went to see a play last night called Strike. It's based on the story about these uh, working class women 
um, who worked in a supermarket in Dublin um, and they were getting sexually harassed within the supermarket and they decided because their union had said we don't want to handle any um, products that have been made in apartheid South Africa normally they didn't know enough about apartheid South Africa but because they were pissed off at work so much they went on strike and it lasted for two years nine months and Ireland was the first ever country to not handle uh, to put in a law to not handle apartheid made goods so it's interesting it's really really great play um, and it's on until the coronation and it's in Borough Borough Playhouse, Suffolk, Suffolk, I can never pronounce Tom Neen in love. How do I pronounce? <laughs> um, it's South Wark, it's spelling, but I've said it several bad ways. That I definitely, well, how um, would you I always it? pronounce it S-U-T-H-A-R-K, so Southwark. Suffolk. Like that. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. the, so it's in Suffolk Playhouse. Uh, <laughs> so in, Bur- in Borough. And it's an amazing play. Um, and it's an amazing uh, piece of history um, that isn't really known that much about. And it's just a fun, lovely play. It's got loads of 80 songs in it. And uh, I really had a great time. So there's my sincere. I've been doing some sincere reviews lately because the batteries just ain't kicking it anymore. So uh, hopefully... <laughs> This is what they say, you know, modern culture. You can't write a play like that anymore. You can't write a play like that in in the supermarket because then all of the workers are just going beep, beep. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I believe that's the uh, first time in recorded history that an Irish person has asked an English person how to pronounce a place name. Yeah. So I think that is. (laughs) Trying to be culturally sensitive to you. Thank you very. I appreciate it. How many stars out of five is that? Awesome? I'm going to give it five out of five. There's no, Lovely. you know, there's no harm in giving five out of five to something. It's great. Uh, Tom, what have you brought in for us? Right. Uh, this is quite visual, but um, I know occasionally Ped will take a sneaky little picture of us uh, on our Zoom <laughs> conversation. So hopefully we can capture this. Okay. And I'll get the pic- I'll get the thing I'm going to be talking about as well. So here we are. Whoa. So um, I got a jigsaw of my dog that I thought would be really fun. And it was a nice picture of my dog in Blackheath Park, or Blackheath. uh, And I thought it was a very nice picture. So here is the picture of of my dog. That's beautiful. Thank you. So the thing is, while it was very nice, it's a lovely picture of my dog. I don't know if you can see at the top there, that's all sky, right? So that, about about a third of it is just sky with very little gradient and very little to tell it apart. And also, either side of the dog here are, is grass, which, while detailed, is inc- like incredibly difficult to dif- differentiate every single piece of grass. Wow. So, also, if anyone like me has any kind of uh, OCD or anxiety or anything like that, I've got it into my head that if I do not complete this jigsaw puzzle, something awful will happen to my dog. Yeah. So for the last <laughs> month... I was thinking that, Tom. Uh, maybe I've got the same OCD as you, but I was like, that dog's going to die. You need <laughs> Yes, so now I have been stuck for a month trying to do a thousand-piece jigsaw oh, puzzle no. of my dog. To basically stop anything awful from happening. So while it's a five star for the delivery and everything else, it's a one star for my choice of photograph of my dog because now I'm terrified basically that something will happen if I don't complete this jigsaw. So I'm stuck in a kind of limbo of me just every night spending about two hours looking at bits of grass and sky and trying to fit them together. So yeah, this is my living nightmare and I'm going to give it, I'm going to give the actual jigsaw one star. Whoa! It, it feels very Back to the Future, where Marty McFly is looking at a picture of his family and their disappearance. Exactly. 
I always thought it'd be really funny if um, in that, when Marty McFly's looking at a picture of his family and they're disappearing, it's just a brick wall behind them. And he's like, I've got to make this right because otherwise I'll be the kind of guy who takes photos of brick walls. (laughs) (laughs) Which we all know is a hipster bullshit. (laughs) An artificial light news now. Science has revealed the science of why insects fly towards artificial light. And it is absolutely fascinating. Uh, Alison Spittle, you've headbutted a lamp before. Can you unpack this story? <laughs> How did you know? Um, so this is a this is a study that scientists have made. I think the big reason why they're doing this is because because um, the human population is increasing and we're using more artificial light uh, in cities and towns and houses. They were um, they could see that there was a decrease in. Um, the activity of flies and stuff and um it's asking a question like why do flies uh hang around artificial light because you know if you pop on a light you see flies will come to it moths will come to it or the television or anything like that and i think it's the same reason why people visit the pyramids in vegas right um they think it's real they they get to the light and they're like, we finally made it to the sun so like um i understand uh for the environment why they're doing this but like, uh, you know, emotionally, I feel like the flies just want to be by the big lights. It's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always thought that flies fly towards, you know, little insects fly towards bright lights for the same reason that the Pope shits in the woods, because no one's going to stop them. yeah someone needs to stop that pope Um, (laughs) and what i love is that they they, the scientists have a thing called a like a fly simulator where they they look at the (laughs) flying patterns of flies which feels to me it it reminds me of people that uh do uh flight simulators for planes you know where they're just testing uh I would love to see. I would love to see people have an interest in flies the way that people have an interest in planes, and just have people standing on the side of a table waiting for the fly to land and going, "Yes, it's got down safely," and uh, making a note of what type of fly it is, like a fruit fly <laughs> or whatever. You did so well, by the way, Alison, because that that was a doctoral thesis we were sent, and I got the gist of it, but you summed it up very well. <laughs> oh my god! Because as soon as Alice said my name, I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's super fascinating because the flies is. fly, right? And, yeah. and the way that flies know which way is up is by the light of the mm-hmm. sun, usually, or the moon or the stars or whatever. It's, you know, cast your light by yonder star, follow mm. that star. Uh, but then when a, an artificial light appears, then they think that is up. And so then they, they end up going in circles around it. It, it makes their flight patterns er- erratic. They might end up uh, sort of trying mm. to go up and up and up and end up steering in and in and in and getting caught by the light or caught by the flame or whatever it is. Mm. That makes me think that's how the three kings in the Jesus story were navigating. <laughs> yeah. And imagine we, uh, mm. we're just so lucky that artificial light didn't exist at that time. Otherwise, they would have gone way off course. And as well as that, the gifts would have been shit if it was tree flies <laughs> and tree kings. You would have Who had again? A, yeah, oh. a bread crumb, some lard, <laughs> a bit of mucus. <laughs> that's, me, that's me rubbing my little hands together, by the way. Basically, the, um, the, the, what it seems to be the summation of this is that while the flies think that the artificial light is like a guiding light, it's actually sending them sort of mad. Which is kind of the way, I, like the relationship between boomers and Facebook. So that's how I that's how I interpreted the data. 
I think all of the people who are worried about being on social media to making us mad are right, but also the people who run social media have already gone mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's tragic. It's, well, it's not sufficient for them to just be the place where you go to, you know, fight with your aunt or talk mm. about love at first sight. They all want to be the everything app. Yeah. Have you heard about that? The, the concept of the everything app, which is the app where you do everything. If you want to do anything, you go there to like buy stuff or look at stuff right, or yeah. watch stuff or meet people or all of it has to happen through their app because it, you know, it's, it's, it's not enough of them for them to just like sell melons. Yes. They have to hmm. own your stomach. <laughs> but, wasn't that what happened to Facebook originally? Like, like people wouldn't have websites. Companies wouldn't bother having websites because you'd just go through Facebook to look up information on it. And then mm. they start trying to monetize it, and people are like, "Ah, actually, we don't need this app as much." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It used to be. It used to be. I would post about a gig on Facebook, and then people would come to that yeah. gig. Look, some of them, some mm. of them, some people would come to that gig, and now it actively, if you put it on Facebook, it like reverses the algorithm unless you pay for it, and so people are driven away by a magnetic force from your gig. One thousand dollars. It does feel like it's how it's keeping the audience to to ransom from you like they'll yeah. just send you a body part of an audience member until you <laughs> pay the eight quid to, <laughs> to boost it to that audience or whatever you know my favorite everything app life oh Whoa. oh wow, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. wow. <laughs> limited edition yeah <laughs> Thirsty AI news, and this is not, uh, although you might, from our history, believe that the gargle would bring you a, a porno- pornographic AI story. <laughs> this uh, is the news that uh, training chat GPT required enough water to fill a nuclear reactor's cooling tower, uh, which, which seems like quite a loaded me- uh, sort of analogy here. Tom Neenan, <laughs> can you unpack this story? Yes, thank you. Uh, so, basically, every time that you talk to a chat GPT, which I've only just found out about. It is the equivalent of pouring away a, a bottle of mineral water, I found out, because training that chat GBT, which is this thing that can uh, can recreate human dialogue, speech, everything else, uh, consumes 700,000 litres of water. This is a, uh, a study which was carried out by the University of... Um, is it uh, Orlando? or uh, The University of Orlando Riverside which is helpful because that's where they got all the water from. Um, (laughs) And it's enough to, yeah, enough to fill a nuclear cooling reactor, which to me feels slightly wasteful given that we're in a situation where lots of people don't have water, that so much would be used Mm. basically so an eighth grader can cheat badly on their English assignment by basically submitting something Mm. going, oh, can you write me an English assignment that's like, talk about Hamlet? And then the first thing that the chat GBT says is... um, we cannot find sufficient information. However, here's some information about Hamlet. And then they just copy and paste it. I'd say it's um, that that water could have been used more effectively elsewhere. I'd say irrigating crops mm. um, or pouring it onto the chat GPT servers, breaking them and uh, letting everyone get on with their, <laughs> their day. <laughs> yeah, it feels, you know, when I, when I read the story, I was like, ooh, that's cool. A nuclear reactor doesn't need that much water then. I was actually impressed by the efficiency <laughs> of a nuclear reactor being mm. cooled. Um, and the chat, like, we've, I've had a lot of kind of I've curiosity about the chat GPT. I've asked of it to write jokes for me on the gargoyle <laughs> uh, before when I was, when I was tested for time uh, or a review. It was a review. And I know that like, um, 
the, the uh, in Ireland uh, because of our climate we have a lot of data processing centers and I, I I used to work in a radio station and I've walked into a cool room like an actual room that's just refrigerated with computers in it and it it makes me feel like I'm in James Bond uh, even though it's just full of Rihanna stuff <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but I felt incredible so this is such a this is such a uh, I keep forgetting that the internet requires water and requires energy um, to to work. I just keep thinking that the internet is like almost like a, a seventh element. <laughs> you know, it's just like earth, wind, fire, the internet. <laughs> you know? It's like one of those things. The technology is just being used at the moment to protect actual people from being screamed mm. at. By customers, like it's a lot, like and it, most of my fr- most frustrating times with a company, I've been sent to a chat GBT thing, and I'm, and it says like, "Hello, uh, I'm Karen from Ryanair. How may I help you?" And it's the same way I have this feeling when I'm doing The Sims. I'm just like, F- "You, Karen," even though <laughs> like I know it's just a computer, yeah. but I want to be as rude to the computer as possible, and uh, to know that energy that you know that I've also been wasting water. As well as uh, psychologically <laughs> abusing the computer, it's a uh, it's it's a lot of guilt. To have. A lot of you're guilt. A, to you're have. a climate criminal or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this all could be solved with Alice, like half a glass. Of water. <laughs> you know. I was waiting for you. I was like, there must be. Surely. No. Surely. Some things just write themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did have the thought that your merch for the gargle, Alison Spittle, should be uh, how many spittles does it take to fill half a glass of water? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a good merch would be like uh, sweets in the shape of batteries <laughs> for people to like a dip oh, dab. yes. Like a lollipop Head, in the shape like a battery. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, because I feel like gargle listeners will, this is a little call out, if anyone has any knowledge about manufacturing... Please help me. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you we have somebody who's into manufacturing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where can they contact you, Alison? Uh, DM me on, on Instagram. That would be fantastic. It's Specifically, it's about manufacturing face masks that are, you know, the sheet face masks that are made of paper, but I want to print something on it. I think I can say that. Mm. So ah. I want to make my own face masks with a printable thing. It's it's for my new oh, show wow. that's coming up in Edinburgh, and I think it could be good merch. I think what we've just done is we've subtly segued into the ad section of the back, <laughs> so tell people about your show in Edinburgh. So I got a new show in Edinburgh. It's called Soup. It's on a monkey barrel. Uh, it's at one thirty-five every day, I think, and uh, I'm working on the show. I'm doing some previews. Going to be doing some previews in Bath, Bristol. Uh, going to do one in Dublin, uh, going to Manchester, going around the world, uh, not around the world, uh, just uh, Britain and Ireland. Um, and also I got a show called Wet. That's my old show from last year. I'm doing a Soho Theatre Extra Day on May 10th. So come along to that. You've been lovely. And I have a podcast as well and all that stuff. So uh, if you go to my Instagram, there's a link tree in the bio. That is where you get all information. My website is dead. It's a rotting corpse. I mean, it still exists, but it's horrible to look at. So, and it's of no use to you. So go to my Instagram and I've got a link tree there and it has all bits of information. Uh, Tom, have you got anything to plug? 
as usual, all the things I'm doing have, uh, I always say, imminently. And I think they're coming out soon, but I don't know have that exact date. So just go to my Twitter, at TNeenan, if you'd like to see any information about that. I've got a podcast, if you're a Doctor Who fan, called A Wheezing Groaning Sound, which you can listen to. Amazing. Uh, thank you, which is very fun. And also, very <laughs> soon, I'm hoping to be putting up on eBay a jigsaw puzzle of a black miniature schnauzer. <laughs> so uh, keep an eye out for that on my, on my eBay as well, because I really want to get it finished soon. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I'm Alice Fraser. You can find me online at patreon.com slash alicefraser. That's a one-stop shop full of my stand-up specials, podcasts, blogs, as well as my weekly writers' meetings and workshops if you want to sign up for a writers' meeting or workshop. Also, I've got my show at the moment, which is called Twist. Yes. And it's at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Then it will be in Sydney. Then it will be in Tokyo. Then it will be in London. Then it will be in Edinburgh. So... Um, look up on my website which um, is sort of up to date more or less every week uh, we have we have to thank our roving reporters people who send us in stories that they think we would like Sea uh, Lips who sent both Black Widow and the Pentagon story and M Dash uh, from my Patreon who DM'd me the breaking news story about the ultra marathon runner <laughs> if you'd like to send in a story tweet us at hello gargler's on the internet this is a Bugle Podcast and Alice Fraser production. Our editor is Ped Hunter. Yay, Ped! And our executive producer is Chris Skinner. Woo. They're both good <laughs> men. Uh, I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. 